0: Hello, children, and welcome to another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles.
1: And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And this,
0: and this is, is My, my spooky, spooky Gay, gay Family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was trying to do it very subdued, and you just, <laughs> <laughs> you just went nuts with it. I like
0: a little nuts. Ooh. did occur to me how that may sound
1: (laughs) well i guess it's not untrue
0: it no certainly not but i i I think last week was your week for the like strange uh unintended innuendo and (laughs) this week is mine
1: (laughs) it's whoever's the most tired
0: and i don't know why i am i shouldn't be i didn't do much today I watched the movie we're going to be talking about, and then you came over, and uh, we we recorded one episode and took a little break for dinner, and here we are, and I'm still somehow, like, struggling to be a human. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Sam Baxter?
1: I'm okay. I'm ready to do this. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. I
0: don't know if I believe you. (laughs)
1: I'm... I'm a little sad, actually, because this is, this is the last episode in our 13 weeks of Halloween.
0: I know. It really is, like, killing me. Because, and don't tell anyone I said this, but I'm, like, not ready to give up on Halloween season yet.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, as of this recording, we still have some time.
0: Yes, but <laughs> as of its airing, we don't really. We have, like, three days, two days.
1: Yeah, no, but we have the, the holiday itself.
0: We do have the holiday itself is in a couple of days. Uh, And that is nice. I'm I am very much looking forward to to Halloween this year. I'm spending some time with uh, our friends from Grizzly Kiki. We're going into uh, Queens and and visiting our friends Robert and Daniel. And we're going to watch scary movies and eat lots of bad food and enjoy ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) What are your plans for Saturday.
1: Um, I'm going over to my friend's house and we're going to carve pumpkins and eat dinner and hopefully watch a scary movie or two, though. She's a, she, she's not a horror fan, so I don't know.
0: No. I mean, I've been I'm there be for, get... yeah, yeah I've been there for Halloween before with you guys. And usually it's, uh, it's Hocus Pocus, which is uh, not, you know, I'm not complaining. Certainly. No. Um, we've watched a, a Rocky horror usually comes on at least once. Yeah. At some point. I I I think that's a good day. I would do Rocky Horror and Hocus Pocus.
1: Yeah, I might watch Halloween before I go over.
0: I would if I were you. Uh, I'm I'm certainly going to start my day early, and uh, I'm definitely going to watch a few things before we head out because there are certain things that I know like other people are not interested in watching, but I'm going to watch. Like I will watch Witch's Night Out probably, and obviously I will do The Worst Witch mm-hmm. and. I may even do um, the Halloween that almost wasn't this year because it's like a newfound joy to me <laughs> uh, because I've been looking for it for like thirty years. So <laughs> I figure why not enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm I definitely know where you're coming from. I'm not excited to move on. Usually by the time we get to Halloween, I I don't want to say I'm ready to be done with it, but like. I'm ready to enjoy it, and then once it's done, I'm ready to
1: move on. You're satisfied.
0: Yeah, I'm satisfied, and this year I don't feel. I don't feel satisfied. I'm like that guy on Faulty Towers who's like, "I'm not satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not satisfied." Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not really ready for spooky season to be over. I think it's because this fall has been so lovely. I'm not really ready to let go of fall and. You know, usually this time of year, I'm running around doing a million Halloween shows and and things like that. And that obviously has not been the case this year. So I guess I could have used a little more spooky this year.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I think just with everything going on, like it's been a little harder to kind of get into the spirit of things.
0: Mm. I will say I did go to a haunted house last week and that was fun. I went to the Oasis Island of Terror Haunted Oasis, Island of Terror, I think is what it's called. It's down in Trenton, New Jersey. I went with David and Adam and his girlfriend, Laura. And uh, Jess and Carmen came with us and they brought uh, our nephew. And it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. And it was much more packed than it was the last time (laughs) we were there. But uh, everyone was being pretty good and social distancing. And uh, we had a good time. The staff was really... Was really good about everything and that was a lot of fun. Also, I realized after uh, after we recorded last time, I think I said, I can't remember if I said this. I think I said that my favorite haunted house was Bane and that is not the case. Okay. It's Brighton Asylum okay. is the one I actually meant. So apologies if you listened to our haunting episode and I said Bane and you thought that I meant it. I didn't. But what what sucks is that after I thought about it, I was like, let me go and uh, check out and see, like, what Brighton is doing this year. And they are open, but I found some, like, controversy surrounding the owner. Um, Apparently, he is – he wears a red hat. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was not thrilled about that. So it it made me very sad because it really is a great haunt and I was like ugh <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah so that was kind of the disappointing cherry on on top of on top of my Brighton asylum experience I'm so sorry It's okay Did you do anything in this past week to celebrate the season
1: well, actually while you guys were at Oasis Island of Terror, um Sarah and I were watching our niece, um, because she was too young to go. <laughs> and um we kind of spent the evening making Halloween y crafts with oh, the fun. child, which was fun. Um I hadn't made a ghost out of like tinfoil and a napkin in a while. So you know, it was it was a fun little trip down memory lane.
0: Yeah, I could imagine. I I have I have not done any Halloween crafting in quite some time. You would think as a drag queen that I would. But <laughs> uh sadly I have not. Um that said, it is our 13th week of the 13 weeks of Halloween and we do as as sad as I am for it to be over. We do have a really great movie to talk about. To finish the season.
1: Yes, and I am super excited to do that.
0: (laughs) So let's get into it. (laughs) Okay. I'm ready to I'm ready to talk about this movie. It is probably one of my favorite spooky movies that has come out in the last like decade.
1: Yeah, I would I would kin to that. That's that's pretty good. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say. It's like I've been waiting to do this movie for so long that and this year i just said fuck it we're just going to do it yeah because chronologically this should this not shouldn't happen this for like shouldn't six years. happen for like 6 years
0: <laughs> yeah this is uh it's definitely kind of falling out of order unless you go by the uh, the order that it created, in which case it's probably right on time.
1: <laughs> it's actually late because we did, we we did, did do Halloween, Halloween
0: two. We did Halloween 2. We are doing Halloween 2018, the, the reboot. It is back. I have to say, my only... I love this movie. First off, let me say that. My only complaint off the top is that they called it Halloween.
1: It does get a little confusing.
0: It's confusing because it's like, you're doing a reboot and theoretically, this comes right after Halloween 1978. So it's like, are we supposed to start calling that Halloween 1978? And this is Halloween 2018?
1: I mean, I think that's all you can do to differentiate.
0: It, I, I don't know what else I would do because it, it can be very confusing. I wish that they had called it Halloween something something.
1: just say fuck everybody and call it halloween too (laughs) exactly (laughs) and everyone's
0: like hey um yeah it definitely could have uh it could have used something in the title I, i i don't know but that said i do love this movie and i'm very excited that we're talking about it because it as far as like reboots and remakes go this is one of the best, in my opinion.
1: When we saw this movie in theaters, I believe my exact comment upon leaving was, no notes. I have no notes. I have no notes. <laughs> 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 no notes.
0: Um, yes, I, d- I don't have a lot of notes myself. I have I have a couple of criticisms, but we'll, we'll get into it. Um, why don't we start with kind of the obvious commentary, which is you and I both loved this this reboot yes why do you what why do you think this was a a satisfactory reboot of this franchise
1: i think it had kind of just the right amount of fan service and that like it did enough homage to the original that like you were sitting there the entire time going oh that's cool i know what they did there Mm -hmm. but it's also its own compelling story yeah like it's not it's not just we're going to redo Halloween 1978.
0: Yeah, and I think it would have been a real travesty if they had tried Take Note Rob Zombie um <laughs> to re- to redo I
1: was wondering Halloween how long it, it would
0: take. <laughs> <laughs> 3 minutes, perfect. Right on time. <laughs> 3 minutes ahead of schedule. Right on schedule. Um yeah, I I think it is it's kind of like Almost offensive to me. If you are like a real slasher fan, the idea of remaking Halloween is like, what even goes through your head? It's impossible to recreate the magic of Halloween 1978. It would be like remaking Scream. You know what I
1: mean? Which they probably will in about I'm sure
0: that they will. And it's disappointing and sad, but they they probably will. Um, I... I love this movie for the exact same reason. I think it was a really, it was a really well done reboot in that it took the things you loved about the first one and just kind of like kept rolling with it. Yeah. It didn't try to change everything too much. It didn't try to, it, it wasn't doing like acrobat. Acrobatics to try and make everything work. It was like, nope, we're just going to retcon out everything after the first yeah. one and we're going to uh keep on moving. That said, I will say I almost put it in like a different chapter of Halloween in my brain.
1: Yeah, it feels like a different timeline. Yeah, and
0: I'm fine with that. Like, I can enjoy this, like, kind of, you know, two paths in the wood divided yeah. or whatever. Like it's, it's fine for me to be able to say, okay, this one takes place on this timeline and in this one, right after the first one, we go into Halloween 2018 and we keep going in that direction. And then when I want to, I can go down the other path and I can do the, the cheesy, stupid sequels. Yeah. <laughs> you know you what can I mean?
1: Do Curse of Michael Myers. And...
0: Can I tell you something that I am almost ashamed to admit? Okay. I just watched... Halloween six for the first time like two weeks ago. (laughs) I didn't know there was a movie between Halloween five and uh H2O. I didn't know it. And then we were talking about it on the podcast and we were like, oh, the one with Paul Rudd. And I was like, the one with Paul Rudd. And so not maybe like two weeks ago, I was I was up late at night and David had gone to bed and I of course couldn't sleep because I don't go to bed until like five in the morning. And I was like in the mood for a Halloween movie, but I didn't know what I wanted to watch, and so I was like, "Oh, I've never seen Halloween 6. Let me turn it on." It was a really interesting movie. It's a <laughs> It's a trip. It's a bit of a trip. It's a, it's a long a walk, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh I will say it had good scares.
1: It does have good scares. I will totally back you up on that.
0: The story is a little muddled.
1: I mean, it's a slasher sequel.
0: Yeah. After five. (laughs) (laughs) Or in this case, three. Um, But I did enjoy it. I did really enjoy the movie. And so, again, I kind of put those in like two different chapters of my brain. It's like there's the Paul Rudd fighting the pagan Michael Myers in this part of my brain. And then in this part of my brain is like, Oh, none of that ever happened. And we're just going to keep on rolling <laughs> 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 through, through this story. And that's something I really like about this. This,
1: I guess, I guess it's a sequel. It
0: is a sequel, right? Yeah. I was just about to say, like, I was going to say a reboot, but it's, it is a reboot, but it's also a sequel. I don't know. It's kind of a very strange, unprecedented follow-up
1: yeah no it's it's kind of weird how to categorize it but i think i I think sequel makes the most sense out of everything
0: yeah probably i think sequel is probably the most accurate uh the most accurate descriptor the problem is and, and the where it gets confusing is that it's a sequel to a movie that already has sequels yeah so it's like but it it doesn't fall into the timeline of the rest of the sequels. Uh but I I guess we'll call it that. We'll call it the sequel to Halloween 1978. I really loved how they handled the timeline in this one and I think that they made they made Michael Myers in a really efficient way contemporary. Does that make sense?
1: I think so. I think um, more than contemporary, they made him human again. Well, yeah. which was important, yeah. and like, <laughs> I was so happy <laughs> that he's not like an unkillable super zombie anymore. Yeah. Um, as much as I love Jason Voorhees, like I, I don't always enjoy the unkillable super zombie.
0: I know. It it can be a lot to deal with when you're trying to you're like well how does this story end then yeah because if if he is an unkillable zombie the answer is it doesn't it doesn't ever end uh and we know for which a fact, you know the
1: studios like yeah
0: the studios love it <laughs> there is a part of me uh, well I'm sure we'll talk about that later um I shouldn't have said that because now we'll never talk about it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I love the fact that. This movie, contem- in my mind, it contemporizes him because, is that a word, contemporizes? I think so. I think you got it right. Sure, we'll go with that. um In my mind, it, it brings him into current day because it kind of addresses something that a lot of horror slasher movies have not addressed in the last 30 years or 40 years. There's this idea of like, the final girl wins, and she leaves, and she's fine.
1: Yeah, she's not fine.
0: And it's like, Lori is not fine. She
1: is like the exact opposite of fine. Yeah,
0: it shows that she has lived this like crazy tortured life, and uh, this kind of life of paranoia and and insanity. Well, it's
1: not paranoia when the boogeyman is actually out to get you. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean... To her family and to the people around her, it is, it is described as like paranoia and she's like crazy and she's nutty and she has, and it's, it's very clear that she is suffering from like PTSD and, uh, you know, she is, she is clearly not well after this experience. And I thought it was such a great way to kind of reconnect with this character of Laurie Strode because, you know, the last time we saw Lori was uh, uh, resurrection. Resurrection, and
1: it the was sequel that dare not speak its I time. know,
0: <laughs> and it was one of those things where it's like she kind of was in a similar situation.
1: Yeah, I think she was in a she was in a mental. She
0: hospital. was a, she was she was she was in a mental hospital, and she was a a permanent patient, and she got she got a she got a one way ticket to that to that mental uh, hospital. And, you know, obviously in that sequel, she dies.
1: In but, the first five fucking minutes. Which is
0: like, f- fuck me, why would you ever do this? But that's number one. It, it does have parallels. She kind of, you see that she is still um, kind of paranoid and waiting for him to return. and And, you know, she goes through a lot of the same arc in a very short amount of time. But, in this one, it's much more nuanced, and the character is so much better developed and it 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 really shows this human side of of Lori that we i think as a as an audience kind of forgot about in enjoying this slasher series, it kind of you know deviated away from what the effect of Michael really was that night. Uh, the Night of Halloween 1978. And uh, this movie did such a good job of capturing the horror of it.
1: Yeah, no, it kind of makes it more serious, almost. Yeah, Like, it's it's not just a fun slasher romp. It's It's contextualizing it almost like it's a true crime story. Yeah, and, and I
0: think that appeals to a contemporary audience because so many people love true crime now. It almost, like... Makes this supernatural killer more like what we what we listen to in podcasts and watch in documentaries all the time,
1: yeah, and like I said before like it it kind of humanizes him, which I think they made the right call doing mm-hmm.
0: that i agree um, I agree a hundred percent
1: i have to say <laughs> I have to say, I still laugh that um our introduction to this movie are these two idiots who are making a podcast. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's, like, it's like, who the fuck does that? But like, <laughs> and then I was sitting there, I
0: was watching it today. Uh, and I, I was like kind of taking notes and I was like, huh, this could easily be me and Sam.
1: <laughs> yeah. Except we wouldn't have $3,000. Yeah. I was, like, interview. I was like,
0: I was like, how does $30 sound? <laughs> and the door never opens. So.
1: How does 30 chicken nuggets sound?
0: <laughs> 1 million dollars. Uh and you know what's funny about this because I don't uh, god help me I don't know what the fuck those two characters names are. But um, um
1: Dana and Aaron, I believe.
0: Dana and Aaron. How do you remember that?
1: I watch with subtitles so I catch everybody's name. <laughs>
0: Such a smart idea. I'm like an idiot. I, I I'm lucky I can find my way straight ahead sometimes. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing or where I'm going. Um yeah, we we start off with da-
1: Dana Dana
0: and Aaron. And Aaron. <laughs> See, I wasn't even listening before. We start off with Dana and Aaron. Well, first of all, let's let's talk about something that uh that is really important. We have this really great tension building opening where yeah. they are visiting Michael in again a mental hospital slash prison situation,
1: yeah, like a high security
0: high mental security mental hospital. mental hospital um and by the way, I was like I was like, could you imagine uh the only reason this is uh, if if Michael was not white <laughs> I was like, this would be a much shorter movie.
1: I mean, he did get shot six times. You would think <laughs> that, like, he wouldn't have made it to the mental hospital. I know, six
0: times. I shot him six times. Uh, I knew we were going to get to to.
1: It had to happen.
0: DL at some point. He'll be back. He'll be I have, obviously. He does have a voiceover in this. He does in this movie.
1: It's obviously not Donald Pleasance, no. which makes me sad. But...
0: No, it is not Donald Pleasance, unfortunately. But um. Dana and Aaron are these two podcasters, and they're doing this kind of expose, uh, this deep dive into the 1978 Halloween murders, and they're trying to get Laurie to meet with... uh, Michael face-to-face because we have the doctor. Because that's a good fucking idea. I know, right? Um, (laughs) Dr. Tittyfuck. Dr. Sartain. Dr. Sartain is uh, his doctor in the beginning and he brings them to meet Michael outside in this courtyard. And he says, he's like, Michael can talk, but he chooses not to. Yes. Uh, Which is literally the exact opposite of me. (laughs) And... You have this moment where I would love to know how the fuck they got their hands on the mask.
1: Um, he says he got it from, from a friend from a friend in the AG's office. And it's like, uh Yeah. Your, your friend I is know.
0: a really bad government worker. And a really good friend. <laughs> <clears throat> must be. I don't I don't know how many dicks he sucked to get that mask. Like <laughs> it must have been upwards of five. But um he kind of brings this mask back and he's trying to get Michael to say something, getting a rise out of him with this mask. And you have this great like tension building intro. And then it cuts to probably like the best horror movie intro ever. Cause he's like, say something, which by the way is like me talking to people in the audience at my shows. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I was like, this is easily like,
1: say something, talk to me.
0: Uh, (laughs) He and it immediately cuts to the title sequence, and we get the pumpkin. (laughs) Yes, and Um, this was brilliant.
1: No, this was another moment I remember in the theater. Once the pumpkin starts to reconstitute itself, like you could hear everybody in the theater starting to get like really jazzed up. Yeah,
0: and like Like (laughs) I just wanted to like start, but I just I was turning into like Mrs. Clump. I was like, yeah. (laughs)
1: No, because I remember seeing, like, the deflated pumpkin, and then it starts to rise slowly. And I remember thinking, that is the smartest thing you could I have know. possibly I, done. <laughs> like,
0: literally could like, not have done it better.
1: Like, fuck you for having a perfect idea. <laughs> like. It's so true. It was it, it was so perfect.
0: And I remember, like, watching it. It's like, I was telling you in the minisode this week, uh, Jasmine and I had much different ideas about, like, what this whether or not this movie is, she hated it, this movie. And I was like, first of all, I think she's an idiot. But second, I, I also think I think it stems from the fact that, like, when you are a fan of this franchise, you are like, all in,
1: yeah. no, you go ride or die with Halloween.
0: Halloween is just a ride or die fandom. And this was like such a beautiful like bouquet of flowers to the fandom that it was just like it was like here you go this is this is our love and it was like the second you start seeing that pumpkin like regenerate it was like oh my god this is beautiful and then it has the like nose cut out
1: yeah so it looks like the knife <laughs> and it was perfect and you hated it um the notch bothered me less this time because i would have been actually upset if they hadn't done it really i would have been upset if they hadn't done it like as much as it annoyed me in the first one because i'm like it's not how you carve a jack-o-lantern you can't see me twitching <laughs> but I'm twitching. but um no the second time it was like well no if it doesn't look exactly like the one from the first one then what the pointless. Fucking point
0: yeah exactly <laughs> that is exactly what i was thinking um and it does it's this really great moment and honestly it's it's not just smart in that it it feeds the fandom, but it's also smart in that like it's this kind of great metaphor for what's happening in the movie. It's like we're taking this franchise that has kind of been leveled yeah. and we're going to we're going to bring it back to life in a whole new way. And I know that that's probably like way too deep a, a <laughs> dissection of, of what this was.
1: I don't think so. I think that's about right.
0: But doesn't it feel kind of like that? It's like, and especially because the last horror movie, or the last Halloween movie that came out, because I'm not counting. Uh, Resurrection. No. Oh. Mr. Mister Z. Oh, yeah,
1: no, no.
0: I'm not counting those movies. The last Halloween movie to come out in the franchise was Resurrection. And I did not see Resurrection in the movie theaters. I didn't either. And so it's like, for someone like me, who was not old enough to have seen most of these movies in the theaters... This was this. Although we did go see Halloween when it was rescreened in uh, yes, Westfield, we but for for people of our our generation who did not get to see these movies in the movie theater, this was such a like. It's a thrilling moment.
1: Yeah, it's like when you hear the <laughs> Star Wars theme start playing. Yeah, it's like exactly when you go like see that. a new Star Wars movie and the da 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 starts and it's <laughs> just like and everybody in the theater starts screaming and nothing's happened yet like, <laughs> and then they go oh by the way Palpatine fucks now and everyone goes what, what? <laughs> bring me back to the scroll, <laughs> the scroll. <laughs> can we go back
0: for, a second? Um, yeah I, I'm i glad that they didn't do anything weird like that with Mikey yeah, if, no. if <laughs> Mikey fucked now I'd be like okay we're done <laughs> It just opens Myers on. A, that fuck. It just opens on a scene of <laughs> like not. a stark naked Michael Myers <laughs> with just the mask on in oh, bed god. with Doctor Loomis who is smoking a cigarette. No, Jesus. <laughs> six times. <laughs> oh god, he shot me six times. <laughs> uh, the, the role is suddenly reversed. <laughs> He's coming. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> That was so nasty. I know. (laughs) Somehow
0: I found a way to tie all of the jokes (laughs) into one singular joke. Um, Yes. I I don't even remember what the fuck was. Oh, the pumpkin. So the pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the pumpkin was just an amazing callback to the original movie. And kind of like, it was a really good way of saying like, here, new horror fans, come join us. And like, with Jasmine, this is where I was really going with it. With Jasmine, I was like, I think the difference is that she didn't have that, like, love of these characters to build upon in this movie.
1: Yeah, no, if you don't love the original, you're not going to like this movie. Like, if you don't if you don't like Halloween 1978, you're not going to like Halloween 2018.
0: And I don't think she's seen Halloween 1978. And I think that's a big part of it. It's like... It like how can you watch the sequel of any movie and be invested in it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um But she said it wasn't scary, and for that, I think she's absolutely wrong. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> again, though, I think it's just that that tension is missing when you're not already invested.
0: Yeah, if you don't care about the characters, it's it's very difficult to uh, to like, care what happens. To them. I
1: thought this movie was terrifying. I it did was, too. <laughs>
0: I thought it was horrifying and I'm sure that we'll get into that but you know the beauty of this movie is that it like you were saying before it it pays just enough homage to the original but it creates this new amazing story for us all to kind of we like we're we're like okay we're going to go down this road now and I'm and if you're a fan of the original chances are you went down that road very happily.
1: Oh yes. Just <laughs> skipping,
0: skipping, and holding hands with Sam. <laughs> um, so after, uh, not that I want to go chron chronologically through this movie, but um, there was something that struck me as as funny in the beginning of the movie. Okay. Uh, after the credit sequence, the uh, Dana and Aaron go to Lori's house to try and interview her because they've tried now to interview michael and got nothing and they have this kind of strange interaction with her where they offer her money for an interview and aaron very plainly insults her with the way he talks about what happened to her and i think dana is probably a bit disrespectful as well considering the state that they find her in yeah (laughs) she's in this like decrepit old house and like
1: and they're like, so tell us about when they took your kid away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'll take my money now. Thank you. But the starkness of the interview, as well as his accent,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it reminded me of... Uh, do you, Have you ever seen the Nick Broomfield, Eileen Warnos documentaries? No. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Oh, this is... Because this is... You and I had had kind of a half conversation earlier And I had said, like, I had this kind of realization about this. He sounds a lot like Nick Broomfield. Okay. There's that kind of, like, this, like, his accent, his voice sounds like Nick Broomfield. And a lot of what that documentary was, was Nick Broomfield kind of becoming friends with (laughs) Eileen as she, uh, but, like, truly, like, becoming friends with Eileen while she was in prison and him shortly before she died, like it was over the course of several years that they like would go and film her and, and be a part of her life and interview her. And then at a certain point, he starts to very, like, very frankly, try to discuss her, her crimes and uh, get her to admit to things. And she becomes very vicious towards him um and there's a kind of strange parallel here
1: (laughs) saying laurie is like eileen warnos
0: no i i think i think there's a similarity because laurie is not like eileen warnos but she is mentally unwell like Lori is, yeah. Laurie is clearly suffering from PTSD and she is angry and she is, uh, closed off. She is, you know, she has those barriers up and the same thing kind of happens with Eileen Wornos in that, you know, it is very clear that Eileen Wornos is not well over the course yeah. of the, cause he, he, he does two <coughs> movies with her before, um, documenting her, her, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Her passing, her execution.
1: Yeah.
0: Nick Broomfield I'm talking about. And over the course of those movies, it becomes very clear that Eileen Warnos is, for lack of a better term, crazy. Like, right. she was not competent in any way. Uh, but there's this frank, it's like him trying to project this bluntness onto the situation to try and get something out of her that she just immediately withdraws from. Okay. And there's a very similar parallel to me in this situation with Lori. And even in, in these two Dana and Aaron meddling with the whole situation and trying to get some like, answer that no one's been able to get from them and even from Michael them going and visiting Michael and trying to get something from him it's like it feels a little bit exploitative
1: yeah no I can see how you'd feel that way if nothing else like I've Particularly since he is in a mental institution and not a prison. And I mean, like, you can make the argument that he should be in a prison. Yeah, or, easily. You know, dead. Fairly easily. Do- make doctor, Dr. Loomis makes the argument he should be dead. Then he probably should be. <laughs> um, but, um, no, but particularly considering that he is considered a mental patient, like, mm-hmm. it definitely feels exploitative.
0: It's It feels very exploitative. And that was kind of how I felt about especially the second documentary that Nick Broomfield did about Eileen Warnos. I wondered if it was a conscious parallel. And I, I have not done any research to see if that were the case, but I would be interested to know if anyone has information about whether or not this was a conscious parallel, because it really did read as like like, this guy even sounds like him. If I played you a clip of Nick Broomfield, you'd be like, oh, that sounds exactly like the guy who played Aaron. You know what I mean? And, you know, their whole, their whole documentary feels a bit, I mean, Aaron and Dana, right? their whole documentary podcast feels a bit like, you know, frankly half-assed. <laughs> because then they have, you have the scene with them going to Judith's grave and them doing this narrative there and uh, they see Michael there. <laughs> they don't know it, but they do. Um and again, it's like, they, there's just this kind of weirdness about them that like, it, it, almost, it almost made me wonder if there was a commentary on the consumption of true crime in there. In that we are all constantly looking to this as entertainment when it's...
1: When it's like the worst thing that ever happened to someone.
0: To someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a really interesting moment for me. Did you ever, did you get anything like that from that whole situation?
1: I've always been kind of skeezed out by that interview that they did with her, just mm-hmm. because, um, obviously, I love Lori, and like yeah. I'm sitting here going, like, bitch, you did not just ask her about her kid getting taken away. I know. Like, that's the first fucking thing you said? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like not, hey, that's a nice gun rack over there, and hey, it looks like you make your own bombs. Don't you want to talk about it?
0: <laughs> so, this is Napalm. Because
1: um, <laughs> that would have been my first question. I know. would <laughs> be like... So the trebuchet, is that, <laughs> is that working? or is it functional? <laughs> you just really like medieval <laughs> siege weapons? And they're like, you mm, like? got the keys. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny? In that scene, um, she combats them the perfect way. Because it's like you said, there she's like you know it's interesting to me that you've described michael as this like you've you've humanized michael <laughs> that you've given him th- that he's someone you should feel sorry for but somehow i'm evil because i've i've had two divorces and yeah. you know this thing with my kid and it's like it was such a perfect moment because it's like how many times have you been watching a true crime documentary and wanted to say that it's like Almost like villainizing the victim, victim blaming, and and doing all this stuff, and it it was such a great commentary on where we are right now in as a society with regard to criminality.
1: Yeah, and also kind of how we sort of enjoy like part of the entertainment is if there are survivors of the event, like sort flipping of flipping like, the story on them. Are they a dumpster fire now? We want yeah. to know if they're a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. Even if you feel sorry for them, for the things that have happened afterward, like making that into entertainment is ethically dubious at best.
0: Yeah, at best. Um, That was like my big philosophical moment in this, <laughs> in this movie. That's it. I, d- I did not want to like turn this into like a crazy serious discussion. Although you said you had a realization. Over my my realization
1: movie. was not nearly as deep. It was I didn't... <laughs> I Michael's mask is white. I didn't catch the first time around that um Allison is dating Lonnie's son. Wait, what? Cameron is Lonnie's son.
0: I didn't, I did not I didn't realize that, that until just the now. The first time
1: around, but then watching with subtitles. Um <laughs> when Artie, the strongest man in the world, is talking about how he how that whole family is crazy. He's like, Lonnie does this thing, and you know, he's his dad. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is Lonnie's kid? Like, <laughs> like first of all, Lonnie fucks. Second Lonnie of,
0: Everybody like, fucks.
1: Like, like second <laughs> of all, like, oh, shit. No wonder that guy's a piece of shit. He's Lonnie's I know. He's kid. He's Lonnie's
0: kid. <laughs> hey, hey, Lonnie, <laughs> your kid's an asshole. Just like you. <laughs> Just like you. Now get out of no, here. No,
1: but that was my big realization. That was my. Oh, my- wow.
0: I did not realize that. I, I didn't catch it because I guess he's talking about it when they're at dinner.
1: Uh, no. Well, he talks about it at dinner, but he also talks about it um, in, in the, the kitchen. You, you know, right after he gets peanut butter on his penis.
0: And let's talk about this for a second because this was actually, <laughs> you had said, like, you don't have any notes. And I don't for the most part either. Mm-hmm. But there is some dialogue in this movie <laughs> that is just plain not good.
1: <laughs> I, I really have a strong suspicion that that was ad-libbed.
0: I think there was a lot of ad-libbing in this movie, and I'll tell you why. You can plainly tell when something goes from scripted to ad-libbed in this movie. The peanut butter on the penis line was clearly ad-libbed. That, the fat kid ad-libs a lot, I think. Yeah. No. Um, a lot of his is... Even, even the scene between... What's the boyfriend's name? Cameron. Cameron. Between Cameron and Allison when he steals her phone and throws it in the mm-hmm. um and throws it in the pudding. It's like there's a chance this was scripted and just poorly acted, but there are a few lines where it's like it looks like that kind of Judd Apatow style of improv where it's like he just rolls the camera and he'll be like He'll think of a funny thing to say and he'll say, Oh, say this. And the person will say it. Have you ever seen like a BTS on a Jed Appleton movie? There's a lot of videos of it. And it's like, I remember I watched a BTS video from like This is 40. And it's a video of Melissa McCarthy yelling at Paul Rudd. And Melissa McCarthy is just standing there, like staying in character. And he'll be like, Tell him, tell him his nipples are, tell him, tell him his nipples are too high. And she'll be like, Besides, your nipples are too high. It's like, he just keeps, like, throwing lines mm-hmm. at her to, like, say to him. And that was kind of how those moments felt to me. It felt, like, improvised or just, like, kind of on the spot. And it was trying. It was, like, almost trying too hard to emulate contemporary speech and came off as totally unrealistic and stupid.
1: Okay, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that much. I just kind of thought that, it sounded, you know, weird. it sounded weird. <laughs>
0: especially because like like that that one line where he's like i got peanut butter on my penis. First of all, would you say anything like that to your child?
1: No, but he's a strange one. Ray. He is a
0: strange one, but also you did not get peanut butter on your penis. You got get peanut butter, butter on, on your, your pants. pants. Like <laughs> unless he's walking around the kitchen stark naked from the waist down like he's Michael Myers at home with Dr. Loomis, oh, he geez. is <laughs> he is not getting peanut butter on his penis. It was just such a stupid line and like, kind of pulled me out of the movie in a weird way. I hope there's less of that in Halloween Kills.
1: Well, Ray won't be in Halloween Kills, so at the very least. Well, (laughs) yeah.
0: But Cameron might be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully something bad will actually happen to Cameron in Halloween Kills. Because that is one thing about this movie that surprised me. I don't think it's necessarily... It did like ruin the movie for me, but the fact that Cameron doesn't get killed, but Oscar the fat kid does,
0: that really bothered me. Weirded me out. Like, not to the point where I thought it like was good or bad, but I was like, I was like, why did you kill Oscar and not Cameron?
1: Well, because Oscar was doing the nice guy bullshit, where it's like, you deserve better. I'm gonna try and make out with you.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that he's better or worse than Cameron, but in terms of like the rules, and I, I I almost wonder if it was, like, a conscious decision to, like, break the rules.
1: Especially since Cameron was, like, drunk and, like, you would think that...
0: He was drunk, he was kissing other girls, he was dressed as a woman. <laughs> Breaking all the horror movie rules. Uh, I'd be dead in a second if those are the rules. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he... It's, like, I, I kind of wondered why he was able to get off kind of scot-free. But, I will say this. David and I were watching uh, a video that was put out recently by Variety. Um, Did you see this? It's an interview between Jamie Lee Curtis and Nev Campbell.
1: Um, I I saw that it had happened. I haven't watched it yet.
0: Okay. You have to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) You must watch it.
1: I said yet. You must
0: watch it. And in it, Jamie Lee Curtis kind of gives this little kind of like – sneak peek thing where she says she's like you know the the next movie picks up right where this one left off you know like they're in the back of the truck at the end of this movie oh by the way if you haven't seen this movie spoiler alert uh <laughs> <laughs> by the bye. um <laughs> it picks up right where this movie leaves off like they start in the back of the truck she's been stabbed in the stomach uh all the all the fun stuff and i was like i wonder Especially since we know Lonnie is in the next movie. Yes, he is. If we're going to see some comeuppance for Cameron,
1: I would like to see that. I don't know if they're going to take the time to bring him back just to kill him off.
0: I wouldn't be mad if they did.
1: I wouldn't be mad if they did either. I mean, if nothing else, we certainly know Allison is going to be in the next movie, so absolutely, I mean, yeah. Having them have a little reunion just before Mikey takes care of Cameron would be.
0: Yeah, having a fine with having me. like a story. Between them, I think we'll, we'll serve the movie well, um, or would serve the movie well. I don't know if it happens. But I wouldn't be mad if, you know, when Mikey g- must get out of the basement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. If he runs into Cameron on the street trying to walk home from the dance drunk.
1: God, I hope so.
0: Wouldn't that be great?
1: It really would be great.
0: I wouldn't be mad at that. I think it was David who suggested that that would be a good a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> he was like he was like, "Well, m- maybe he'll be back in the next movie and he'll he'll run into Michael because it it does take place the same night." It it makes me wonder if all three of the new Halloween movies are going to be on the same night.
1: That would make me very happy actually. I think that would be the right way to do
0: it. I think it would be great. It would be great. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. Um, so let's talk about Mikey for a second. This movie is really great for uh, Michael as a character. Not only because we have Nick Castle back as the shape, which is a joy in and of itself. Yes. <laughs> but um, I I don't want to suggest that he gets a good treatment. But... He does get fleshed out in a way that I think is good for the character. Does that make sense? In what way? In that, like you were saying before, he's humanized, but not in a compassionate way. He's just kind of like, we get to know a little more about him in this new context. Because obviously, the whole idea is that Halloween 2 never happened. Everything after Halloween 2 never happened. It was just that... He was shot six times and apprehended the night of the murders in Halloween 1978. And so we're, you know, we learn that he and Laurie are not brother and sister. They're not related. He just has this kind of predatory urge toward her. And there's this kind of like unfinished business situation happening between them.
1: Which I do think is better than the brother sister dynamic like as much as i love halloween 2 like that was always something that it was a bit of a reach yeah i mean it
0: never bothered me as much
1: i don't think it ever bothered me it was just like in retrospect this dynamic is better
0: probably i mean if i'm being honest i think them being brother and sister almost I I don't want to say that. I don't want to say it makes more sense because when you think about Michael it's not that he kills people strictly within his family. He kills yeah. he kills everybody basically anybody he comes across. Uh but that said, it almost gave me a reason to believe he would continue chasing her.
1: Yeah, no, you that's know? fair.
0: Um not that I think it's so impossible to think that he would enjoy this kind of cat and mouse game he's playing with her. And that's why he continues to do it. It almost makes it again, kind of more real in the sense that anyone who likes true crime knows that very rarely is there a rhyme or reason. Yeah. You know,
1: it's also like, and this occurred to me today while I was rewatching it, like Michael gets driven essentially to Lori's house. Yeah. Like, (laughs) There's an honest question as to whether or not he even knows that it's Laurie Strode. Like, he might just be trying to kill the person who's in front of him. I
0: mean, that's fair.
1: Because, like, we don't know that he would have gone after Laurie specifically if she just wasn't the closest available victim.
0: That's hard to say. I don't know. Because S- Dr. Satine, or whatever the fuck his name yeah. is... Uh what's his name Sartain Sartain Dr saltines is <laughs> uh, uh, my kind of doctor Dr Dr Sartain is he, he says very uh adamantly that he believes that Michael enjoys the kind of predatory game he's pl- he's playing with Lori which makes me think that there must be some insight into that although if Michael doesn't talk I can't imagine what that insight would be.
1: Yeah, no, it seems like conjecture.
0: Yeah, that said, there is a moment of seeming recognition mm. when he's in the babysit the house with the babysitter and the little boy. Yeah, and he sees her in the mirror, and she shoots, thinking it's him and it's the mirror.
1: Okay, no, I'll buy that. Don't
0: you think because he looks outside and sees her standing on the lawn, and he gives the the classic Michael like head tilt yeah. yeah he gives the
1: scooby-doo <laughs> the rca dog yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and so uh
1: they all do that jason does that too i he know the
0: head tilt. <laughs> mikey did it first <laughs> uh I don't, I don't know why i'm so adamant okay. about fighting for You're that fine. um but it does kind of seem like there's a moment of recognition i don't know if that means he would have pursued her but it did seem like there was a moment between them.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I just, like, I don't know, like, how he would... No? No, unless he, like, heard the cop talking to her.
0: And knew her
1: name from the first time.
0: I mean, she does look very similar to what she looked like in Halloween 1978. I think they did that intentionally. You know, obviously Jamie Lee is wearing a... A wig in this in this movie, and it it definitely looks like an aged version of the Laurie Strode hair. Yeah, and her face is not that dissimilar. I mean, she has glasses now, but um, she looks very similar. If I'm being honest, no, that's fair. Um, again, I think it's I think it's kind of an astute observation to say that he might not have pursued her had it not been for the fact that he was literally driven to her house. I think once he's there, and maybe this is wishful thinking, it it does feel a bit like there's this this recollection or this, this past between them. Especially because you have so many parallels. She has designed her house literally to be a trap for him. There's the closet with the accordion doors. Yes, There is you know the um the moment on the balcony everything is set up to kind of there's the model of his house yeah <laughs> you know there's all this kind of callback to what happened and I though I do believe we are supposed to think that he is uh cocoa for cuckoo poops he i think would have a visceral reaction to that no
1: no, I think you're right. I think it's it's clear he did have a visceral reaction to it because of what happens during that sequence when we're in the house in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like, he comes at her. Yeah. Like, which is not... It's not atypical Mikey, but he comes at her fiercely.
0: Fiercely, yeah. Like It's not that same, I'm going to walk over and, <laughs> and yeah, slowly uh, pin you to the wall. <laughs> Turn you into a pinata. <laughs> And speaking of poor oscar <laughs> um which was a brutal death it was it was by a bad the way death. that was a bad death i was like jesus but a great scare
1: yeah no it was well done
0: the whole motion sensor light i uh. was like whoa <laughs> it just got it's like lights
1: out with michael myers i know
0: which is like worst case scenario i'd rather fight <laughs> the, the lights out demon um yeah i uh, i i don't know i I'm going to operate under the assumption that he knew it was her, especially because to that point, she was the only one who had ever escaped him. And I can't imagine that that was something he didn't think about for 40 years.
1: (laughs) It's like just that that one girl. <laughs> that got away. Stupid bitch. <laughs> like that's just been his internal monologue for forty years. Just, oh, fuck her. Fuck her. Fuck, fuck her. That bitch. <laughs> Loomis yeah. hadn't shown up.
0: <laughs> I know for real. Um, and shot him six times. Six times. Six <laughs> times. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I gonna say? Oh, I, I think the the kind of beauty of that whole scene at her house is really about um, the way they set it up that she became kind of the hunter. They, they really played with dynamic in this movie. They changed things up a lot because Lori ends up hunting Michael, which yeah. is a total, a total switcheroo. And also in terms of the cinematography, Something that you had noted was that a lot of this movie does take place knowing full well where Michael is. Yeah. And what no, he's doing. It's,
1: it's more shot from his perspective than it is from most other people. Most other people. Yeah. And. Where in any other slasher movie, we would have a shot of the victim kind of wandering around the house and like a little sneak peek of Michael, like maybe around a door frame or something like that. In mm. this one, it's the exact opposite. It's we have a full on shot of Michael, and in the background, we just see the setup for the next kill.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: So it's like they cinema. I do not know what that word is. They <laughs> use the cinematography. <laughs>
0: She's on a full-on stroke. It was like mid-word. <laughs> you were like, nope. Your brain just noped out of that it word. Was, it was <laughs> more, I didn't
1: know if c- cinematographically is a word, and I feel like it's probably not. Oh, wow. But I had a moment where I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. I'm on Clarit and D.
0: Cin- so, Cinema.
1: <laughs> cinematographically?
0: Cinematographic? I don't know. See, that's like, why
1: I stopped. I feel like I'm.
0: I feel like I'm <laughs> z- singing this word in Mary Poppins. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck this word means.
1: But um, yeah, no, they use the cinematography either yeah. way to to reverse the roles. The, the roles, which I thought was very interesting and, and really smart
0: in a fun way. And honestly, I hadn't thought about this until just now. In a fun way, kind of changed the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Almost in the way that Scream did, where it's like, we're going to change the entire way we tell this story. And uh, it it becomes like a totally new thing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't think I've ever seen that set up before.
0: No, not where the hunter becomes the hunted in such a strong way in one of these movies at least.
1: At least like before the like 10 minute to the end mark.
0: Well, yeah, then it <laughs> uh, then it you know, takes a takes a swerve. But oh my god. I have not even eaten today. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I imploding <laughs> already? Um yeah, I really liked that about the way they did that with Michael. Although I will say I missed a little bit of the like seeing the mask in the shadows which we didn't get as much of in this one um I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a little more of that in the next one maybe in the beginning you yeah, know
1: I think we'll see a bit more of a return to form for Halloween kills just because I don't think the message is the same cuz the ending won't be the same no but it won't like, be <clears throat> I I love the fact that after they have that their little knife fight in Laurie's house he throws her out a window
0: yeah. And then he turns
1: away <laughs> and comes back and she's gone. Yeah. And I'm like this is just so perfect because I they know. do the same musical swell and it's like Um
0: yeah. It is a great moment and again, a really great storytelling device. This is something it this feels like an elevated version of Halloween to me. Everything feels so intentional and different and interesting. It's like, we're going to take these characters you love and we're going to continue to play with them, which is something that I felt like was kind of lacking in this franchise. They weren't playing with how they were telling the story. It was all very like kind of one note. And having Laurie consciously besting him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was a really fun way to come back to these characters.
1: A lot of the criticism of this movie. Because there were people who didn't like it. And a, a, a lot of the criticism was kind of that. You know neck beard on the internet going like. Be social justice warrior at Halloween. <laughs> because Laurie won. So it's like.
0: <laughs> I know. And it's like you can suck a badass like just (laughs) put put your lips around the hole and suck away because you can fucking die in a fire like mikey (laughs) i just it pisses me off because it's like the whole the whole draw of these movies was the final girl it always was she was always supposed to laurie
1: is the hero of the story it is not michael
0: yeah that's and we we fall in love with the villains because they are part of the story we love, and I think you know, obviously, when you know it's fake, the kills are fun, you yeah. know, on in these movies. but like, at the end of the day, Michael is the villain we're so su- we're all supposed to be rooting for Lori. Yeah. And so changing up the way this is told, I think was a much better plot device than just making her a lifelong victim
1: yeah no and it's odd to see a final girl with that much agency right from the beginning of a movie yeah um because in this one she's kind of not the final girl she's she's the ahab she's dr loomis like at one point she calls dr sartain oh you're the new loomis it's like no sweetie you are you're the new Loomis. (laughs) like like, no honey no look in the mirror She looks in the mirror,
0: she's like, My God, my beard. Um
1: I shot him six times. <laughs> she immediately claps her hands to her mouth.
0: She's like, oh no. <laughs> she she he opens the closet looking for her. There's just a bunch of beige trench coats. <laughs> he's like, he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's the draw. That's why he keeps chasing her. Um
1: no, but Lori is basically like she's walking around going, "It's coming." It's she's, <laughs> she's, she's she's doing that. She for really most was of the whole movie. movie.
0: Yeah, she was the Ahab. That's a really great. Uh, that's a really great observation. But before we get off the topic of this, can I just say how much I fucking hate uh, people who had that complaint about the movie? Stay es- away. Especially because a lot of those people are like maga fuck faces. Who I just fucking can't stand. They're the same people who are like... They're like adamant gun owners who were like, Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis fucking hates guns, but the guns saved her in this movie. And it's like, we're all suspending our disbelief yeah. over the course of this movie. The whole point is that like, none of this is real. None of this would actually happen.
1: Yes, and if you have a superhero serial killer after you, I I, I would personally bless your decision to own as many guns guns as you you want
0: want. but the fact of it's like Mm -hmm. i'm suspending my disbelief as much for her being able to efficiently you know use a tactile weapon yeah (laughs) as i am for the fact that there is this kind of vaguely superhuman serial killer running around murdering everybody you know it's like michael myers even for the fact that they humanize him in this movie does have kind of superhuman strength. He's like smashing out windows okay. and uh
1: he gets run over. He gets he gets hit by a car. She shoots his fingers off. Like she
0: shoots his fingers off. She shoots him in the shoulder.
1: Yes, yeah, she like, does.
0: Like he if he was purely human, he should have bled out in this movie. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> he would be totally dead.
0: And so it's like when people use that argument, it's like we are all suspending our disbelief here. It like these this is an action horror movie. And it's, yep. it's like, it's no different than imagining that like John McClane is John McClane. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he's great because it's a, an action movie where everything that happens is scripted. In real life, most people shoot each other <laughs> with, with their with their guns. <laughs> and it's all accidents and self-harm. And it, it's so like, it makes me so angry because it's like... Don't make me come over there and slap some shit in some fucking sense into you. Like I will, I will fight you on this every fucking step of the way. Yes, she needs a weapon because she's a final girl and she's fighting a superhuman demon man. Like I don't want to have this conversation. And you, I, I, I banish you. I, I, <laughs> I bind you. I bind you. <laughs> I bind you, Midwest. Bind you for harming doing <laughs> from harming harm others and doing harm to yourself uh yeah so that is my that is my message if you if you are the type of person who hated this because you somehow saw some hypocrisy in this, you can suck a fat salami um <laughs> it just makes me so angry It's like you really had to like politicize Halloween is that really what we're gonna do like suck an asshole just fucking Eat a fart. I hope you die. <laughs> I, have, I have no shortage of phrases for things you could do that would that would bring me nothing but joy. Um. Speaking of sucking farts, let's talk about Sartain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was your, what was your opinion of this character?
1: I saw the heel turn coming.
0: There were a lot of. There, Ooh, were this, there were
1: a lot of indications that there were a lot of red flags. Was go. If nothing yeah. else, like the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say more the fact that this movie had proven to be too smart already by the time it happened for me to believe that he was just a Loomis stand-in. Yeah. So I'm like, no, something weird's gonna happen with this guy.
0: I knew something weird was gonna happen with him. I I will say I panicked a little bit when what happened happened when it's like, you can just say it. We all know. I know <laughs> when, when Michael gets hit with the car and he's like, you killed him. And then Sartain kills the cop yeah, and uh, puts the mask on. I was like, don't do this. I was like, please, please, please do not do this. Cause I thought that they were like in
1: Handing a weird way. Yeah.
0: Like passing the torch. And I, I panicked a little bit and luckily it doesn't go on for very long. So it was. It was like okay, I can yeah. breathe again. But I liked it. I I liked Sartain in in terms of him being a storytelling device, uh, and I kind of like that because Loomis is not around to fulfill this moment. But it's like this idea that you can like somehow study Michael and learn from him or get something from him that would be meaningful is just kind of dashed.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's essentially spending this much time around Michael turns you into a sociopath.
0: And not only that, but the fact that like even if Sartain had not been evil, even if mm-hmm. he had just been obsessed with trying to glean some kind of knowledge from the the darkness that is Michael, he still ends up on the ground saying say something Michael and Michael just stomps his fucking face. Yes. And it's like You're never going to get what you want from this guy. No one is.
1: It's just, I love the fact that just every single time they try to like, that the characters try to make Michael into a human, Michael does the exact opposite of what they want him to do.
0: I know. He's just, he's like a
1: contrarian little shit. He's like, no, I won't say something. Smash.
0: (laughs) Michael's a libertarian.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I
0: shan't. I shan't. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah, Michael Michael definitely If does Michael like ever
1: it. says anything and I hope to god he never does. I just want him to say shant and then stop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that
0: they will have Michael say no, something? No. I
1: think it would be an incredibly stupid decision to have Michael say anything ever. Like I don't care if it if it Halloween ends, I assume somehow michael is going to die whether or not Lori dies as well is up for debate mm. and keeps me awake at night
0: i know but um i'm even a little bit worried that she might die in and halloween, halloween kills. kills and i have no i have nothing to substantiate this i have i have no information that anyone else has or doesn't have but like it's there's just this like
1: instinctual dread
0: i know there's this like (laughs) awful gut feeling but it's the same thing we said about this movie you know when we were originally going to go see it two years ago it's like i remember you saying to me like i just don't know if i could handle it if she died
1: i really don't like i i think i might have like stood up and walked out of the movie theater
0: if she died like
1: It's it's one of those things the same thing goes for Sydney and Scream 5 like there's there's just certain there are certain characters that I will never forgive you for if you kill them. Like I, I am perfectly happy to say that if Halloween kills kills Laurie Strode or Halloween Ends kills Laurie Strode, my personal Halloween franchise is stops over. at Halloween. Really? It's Halloween and Halloween 2018 and that is my personal timeline and that's it. Huh? Like, if they kill Laurie Strode in either of the two sequels, I'm stopping at the one that, that where she killed him in the basement, and that's how it ended. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, that's perfectly fair. I don't know how I would feel about it. I guess it depends on the manner. I don't want to say the manner of the death, because that makes it sound like if she doesn't die like a gruesome death, I would be upset. It's not the manner of the death. It's the matter of her going. Like... Like if she died in Halloween Kills to save Karen and Allison. Allison, yeah, and then the last one is Karen and Allison avenging avenging, avenging Laurie. I might be able to deal with that.
1: I think I would still have a hard time with it. I would have a hard
0: time, but I could, I could, I could deal with it
1: because Halloween for me is Michael Myers versus Laurie Strode.
0: I agree. I agree a hundred percent.
1: So it's like. When you take either of them out of the equation, it's just not interesting to me anymore. And it also makes me, like, irrationally angry. I know. (laughs) So
0: it's... (laughs) I'm not going to lie and say that I would be happy about it or that I would even be satisfied by it. But if her going served the story... I could at least cope with it.
1: And what scares me is there are a lot of actors out there who are like, no, I want my death scene. I want my my curtain call. You know, I want that last sequence. Hmm. And I don't know Jamie Lee Curtis. And I don't know whether or not she's one of those actors or if she's kind of sitting here going like, no, fuck that. Laurie wins.
0: I mean, I hope she's the latter. (laughs) I, I
1: hope she is, too. But like, it's one of those things like Harrison Ford was trying to kill off Han Solo since Empire Strikes Back. Really? Yeah, he wanted Han to die in, like, every movie since the first... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he was really into playing Indiana Jones at that point, and he was like, fuck Han Solo. I
0: guess. For me, I mean, I will say I know that the reason Laurie died in Resurrection was because uh, Jamie Lee had basically said in no uncertain terms that she... (laughs) (laughs) I've literally never heard that noise in my life living in, in this apartment. Um, she had said in no uncertain terms that the reason she died in Halloween Resurrection was because she was done with this character. She yeah. did not want to continue doing it. Jamie Lee Curse was never a huge part of like the horror con. She doesn't watch horror movies. I think she was kind of tired of being associated with this character because of the frivolity of it.
1: Yeah, just because it was the same thing over and over
0: again. Yeah. But I think for her, this new reboot of it might have freshened the 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 situation a a bit. Well, I think because it makes
1: Lori more complicated. It makes her more
0: of a fleshed out person. You know, yeah. it's not just it's not just the cat and mouse game. It's a lot more intricate. And so my hope is that she would not be willing to let her go. But then you have the actors who think that, kind of what I was talking about, where it's like, this is the logical conclusion of this story.
1: I don't think it is, though. Like, I, I don't think it's necessarily the logical conclusion. Like, I think you can and are allowed to have, I don't want to say hopeful, but hopeful horror movies, Mm. where you're allowed to let good win out. Yeah. And I think the way good wins out in Halloween is Laurie survives.
0: I agree. I agree. I don't think she should die. Yeah. I could just see the, I can see the theatrics I can, and dramatics I can see it. the
1: dramatics of it. I can see the shock value of it. Like yeah. I, I. There are a million and one reasons to go either way. Which is one of the reasons why I have to disagree with Jasmine and say that this movie was scary to me was I had no idea walking into this
0: what was whether or not to I could
1: trust that they were going to treat that character the way I wanted them to treat her mm-hmm. and whether or not she was going to make it out. Because the entire tension for me in the last act of this movie was me sitting in my seat rocking back and forth like, with <laughs> my hands in my mouth because I'm like, please don't kill Lori Strode. Please don't kill Lori Strode. I know. Like
0: And I I fucked with you.
1: <laughs> I know you did. And I hated you for it. Because
0: I had seen the movie before you did when it came out. Yeah. Uh, David and I just happened to have an opportunity to go see it. And you weren't able to join us. So we said, we're like, oh, no matter what, we'll go see it with you after. And we went out to dinner before we went to the <laughs> movies. And I decided to fuck with you. And I forget exactly what I said. But I, was, I said something like, oh, and you know, I I was like, yeah, there's a really great scene before Lori died. Like, I I, like purposely made it sound like I accidentally ruined the movie for you. Yeah. And you like lost your shit (laughs) (laughs) at a restaurant in Mountainside, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not let it go until after we watched the movie.
1: I know. I know you didn't.
0: Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so if you are listening, please feel free to continue the tradition of fucking with Sam when it comes to, <laughs> to <laughs> killing Laurie Stroud. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, we're almost done with this movie, but there is one thing I do want to talk about because we've had a very serious conversation about this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a very, very deep conversation. <laughs> um, I have a frivolous question for you. Okay. Do you have a favorite kill in this movie? Or attack or sequence?
1: I think my favorite kill is Vicky, the babysitter. Mm. Um, it's very scary. Yeah, because he's hiding in the closet. and it's <laughs> Which is like everyone's worst <laughs> which fear. Which is everyone's worst nightmare. Also, I love... Vicky and Julian. Yeah, me too. My favorite character in the entire movie. I'm like, finally, someone who speaks sense.
0: I know. (laughs) Don't go up there. You're going (laughs) to die. He's
1: Like, don't go up there. You're going to die. She goes, no, it'll be fine. He's like, no, it won't. It won't be fine. Let's just leave. I'm like, thank you, Julian. Someone, someone is sane. But like, like, no, when she goes to open the door and you're, you're sitting there and you know that he's there. Like, yeah. but you still jump. I know it. It was a really good scare. Her getting like dragged into the bedroom across the floor, like it was just, it was brutal. It was scary, and it yeah. was kind of fun. Yeah. So I, I think agree it was that. kind of the perfect Halloween kill.
0: I will agree with that. I don't think there's a bad kill in this movie. Me either. So I will say a hundred percent. I I agree with you. I'm torn. For my favorite sequence. One is, and this is a strange one. It's the murder of that woman who was like on the phone and ends up looking out the window. Mm-hmm. Do you know the what I'm talking yeah. about? Where like he comes and he's watching her in her living room and she's on the phone. And then he like walks around the back and she goes and sits on the couch in front of the bay window. And she's like looking outside <clears throat> and... Uh, He comes in behind her and he just like slams her head into the (laughs) windowsill. And then she starts to scream and he like stabs her through the neck. And I was like, oh, my
1: God. Yeah. Mikey's got some vicious moves this time around.
0: Like who pissed in your Cheerios? (laughs) Like he was pissed off at this woman. Like,
1: It's 2018 and this shit's rated R. So here we go.
0: (laughs) I do think that was a big part of (laughs) it. It is funny, though, like. The most brutal murders, in my opinion, are the ones that happen when he's, like, freshly out of the hospital.
1: Yeah, the kind of random ones.
0: Yeah, and I think that, as, at least from a storytelling perspective, I wonder if it's because it's, like, he's been bottling this up for, like, 40 years. And now he finally gets to just, like, unleash himself upon the upon the town of Haddonfield. Um, that one. And, and this one is not... A kill, but it is a sequence that I really love in the movie. It is when Lori is kind of like tactilely going through her home mm-hmm. and looking for Michael. Yeah. And she's like, she has built this house so that she can like check a room and then hit a button and a yeah. gate comes down. Yeah, it's, it's the like, best. like, Jesus Christ. And when you're
1: watching it the first time, it's like, yeah!
0: <laughs> I know, because you're like, you're like, oh, this is, like, someone is doing literally everything right. Um, and then you get to that last room and you're like, he must be in here because she's checked every other room. Yeah. And you know he's in there and you don't know where. And then it's like, it's so tense and scary. That is one of my favorite moments in the whole movie.
1: I have to admit, I think the time I was most scared in the entire movie, for reasons that should surprise no one considering the conversation we've had, <laughs> is when he's got both of his hands through the door and he's slamming her head into the door. Oh, yeah. Because I was sitting there going, like, this is it. I'm watching Lori die. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, like, <laughs> like no, Goodbye. No, no. Goodbye like, to all of us. <laughs> 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 bye bye. Now. Bye bye night. <laughs>
0: Bye 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 bye. But yeah,
1: then she shoots him in the hand, and I cheer. I, th- I think I, I think I actually slumped over in my seat. Like, like Sam I just, just went melts like to the floor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a full blown panic attack, and then it came right down. You
0: did a full mat of him. You're like. <laughs> uh, one other honorable mention that I think is a really badass moment in this movie. Mm-hmm. Is when Karen and Allison yeah. are in the basement. Yeah, no, And not. she, like, pretends to be distressed. To I be, can't
1: do it. I can't, I can't do, it. do it.
0: And then Michael steps in front of the stairs and she's like, gotcha. And she just shoots him in the fucking face. And you're
1: yeah. like, what? <laughs> and it's like, yes, go you. Yes,
0: Karen. Nailed you, it. You
1: go, Glen Coco. <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> Two for Glen Coco.
0: Um, and then... Lori just goes, like, fucking ham on him with a, with a fucking frying yes. pan. It is perfect. It is. I love the fact perfect. that all
1: three of them get a hit in, too, because then Allison has to stab him with the knife because he I grabbed know. Karen by the ankle. And it's just like, yes!
0: I know. It just, like, <laughs> it all goes the way it's supposed to. And then you get, like, one final twist at the end mm-hmm. with her being like, it's not a cage, it's a trap. And it's yeah. like, oh.
1: And everyone in the theater goes, ah! <laughs> and what's funny is I was watching
0: it today and... I I didn't remember what she said there. And she said, it's not a cage, it's a trap. And I was like, but isn't a cage a trap? And then I realized like what she meant was like, it wasn't just meant to contain him. Yeah. It was meant to end him. Yes. And obviously she's had her whole house rigged with like, with <laughs> gas pipes. <laughs> and she just lights that bitch up like a fucking firework. It is so <laughs> phenomenal. Uh,
1: I do remember though thinking like, okay, this is really cool. Got to get out of the house. Yeah, get out of the out. house, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> get out of the house.
0: Everybody out. Everyone out. Get out. <laughs> like,
1: where's Julian? Julian, be- <laughs> like, get out of the fucking house.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will say that was um, that was definitely a moment for for me. I was like, this is probably one of the better moments in this movie for me. I'm interested to see how they explain Michael's escape.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they're going to... I don't know how they're going to deal with that. In I really
0: don't. Um, I'm sure that they will have a very creative way of him escaping. Yeah. I just have no idea what it is. <laughs> 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 I imagine that, like, he found somewhere <laughs> to hide down there, and when the firefighters come in and put the fire out...
1: He's going to kill a couple firefighters and get out
0: and, of there. And run. Or, I mean... The fact of the matter is that the floor, like she was able to shoot through the floor.
1: There's also what looked like a window in the is basement. There?
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. In which case, it's like, in, in well, which case, well, not much of a trap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, Lori, you missed something. I know.
0: <laughs> Although there is a part of me that sits there and goes, well, it might have been a contingency plan because if she did, for whatever reason, end up stuck down there. Yeah. That's her way out. Uh, we, we, and that's something that I'm like, well, is that going to be the explanation? I think
1: she's also figuring that, like, by the time he gets to the window, he's going to be so very on fire that it doesn't
0: matter. <laughs> because <laughs> Halloween 2 never happened. And he, 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 he has and not she done this before. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's just crawling out the window.
1: Shunt! Shun.
0: <laughs> shun. <laughs>
1: That's Michael's new catchphrase. <laughs> Michael's
0: new catchphrase is shant. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, that's Halloween 2018. We did it. Yes, we did. We made it through. I do love this movie. Uh, if you guys have not watched it, this is as good a time as ever because we are only uh, two days away from Halloween. Yes,
1: and happy Halloween since we won't talk to you again.
0: Happy, Ween. Enjoy your day. Uh, <clears throat> for those of you who are... Uh, practitioners, happy Samhain, blessed Samhain, I guess I should say it's not really happy Samhain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Blessed Samhain. And um, we hope you guys have a really, really, really amazing Halloween. Please write to us and let us know what you're doing. Send us pictures. If you, and I mean this from the very deepest part of my being, if your pets are wearing costumes, (laughs) send us pictures. Yes, I like send us the pictures of your pets in in costume. Children will take them or leave them. Pets, we want to see them in their <laughs> Halloween costume,
1: especially if you manage to get one onto a cat. Exactly, because, <laughs> because you earned it, damn it, and the world deserves to see it.
0: <laughs> we desperately want to see your Halloween costumes and the costumes of your 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 pets so please 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 send them to us we always check our our messages on instagram and on twitter and uh if you if you tweet them uh just tag my spooky gay family we will absolutely love them we will repost them if we if we love them so i love
1: how you're looking at me like don't you dare just hit the like button you have
0: (laughs) (laughs) we will we will repost uh all of your amazing costumes and please have a very safe and healthy and happy halloween Uh, send us all the pictures we can't wait to celebrate with you guys so uh, until November stay spoopy and remember
1: mom help us I can't do it Do it gotcha <laughs> happy Halloween Michael <laughs>
0: my spooky gay family features music by nate walker artwork by david alon and this episode contains clips from halloween 2018 distributed by universal pictures 2018 please subscribe on itunes leave us a nice message and follow us on facebook instagram twitter and patreon my spooky gay family is a product of barbara dual productions